Halo, apa kabar? Welcome to the Indonesia Saga with Steve. A podcast talking crap about Indonesia from facts, culture, funny stories, news, travel tips, or just things. Created and produced by Indonesian from Indonesia, just for you, wherever you are. My name is Fee. This is episode 12. Indonesia and 2020? One hell roller coaster ride. I know, I shouldn't be doing this on Thursday, but there's no better time than today to reflect on what we've done for the past 365 days. Or was it 366? Anyway, all of us agree that 2020 was not a pretty one, but congratulations for you who can make it to the finish line, which is today. Rather than talking about my personal life, which I know you don't care about, let's rewind what happened in Indonesia in 2020. We started 2020 with a somber mood. It was neither fireworks that welcomed to 2020, but flood. Flood is actually normal in Indonesia, let alone in Jakarta. Yep, for the people of Jakarta, including me, the flood out, the flood of 2020 was the worst in the history. 50 people were killed, and around 170,000 people had to evacuate. The governor of Jakarta has always been the antagonist at times like this, and Anis Baswedan, who is the current governor, was no exception. People compared him, like always compare him with his predecessor, Ahok, who previously succeeded in minimizing the fatalities of floods in Jakarta. I mean, there were still floods during the leadership of Ahok, but in my opinion, the fatalities at that time were very few compared to the flood in 2020. And as a result, some people this year joined a protest in front of the city hall demanding Anis Baswedan to step down from his position as governor of Jakarta. While Jakarta was struggling with massive floods, Indonesian police in central Java had to apprehend people because of what I think as an absurd crime. You know, some fictional kingdoms like the Sunda Empire and mythical movements emerged. No, no, I'm not making it up, I swear to you. They really named it Sunda Empire. What we did not know was that, was that these fictional kingdoms were established for quite a long time and had gained many followers. They even had an organizational structure within the kingdom, from the king, the duke, and so on. The king even asked for a tribute in the form of money from their followers. Although the police and government established it as a crime, many of their followers still hold on to their leaders and official kingdoms. Well, that's just Indonesian. We know that COVID-19 was first reported in Wuhan, China around December 2019, if I'm not mistaken. 
In February, Indonesia had to repatriate Indonesian students in Wuhan with a charter flight. But who said that this could act responded positively? Well, not all people were happy about that, especially the people in Natuna in Sumatra Island, which became the quarantine location for the students. Angers and protests broke out to defy the government's decision. At that time, there were no confirmed cases of COVID-19 in Indonesia. So, the anger and protests were very much reasonable for me. Although, it was also saddening considering the lack of the sense of humanity. But, a few weeks later, finally, an Indonesian was confirmed positive with COVID-19. She was a maid who worked in Singapore. Mm-hmm. The COVID-19 was getting unstoppable and everyone was overwhelmed to contain the virus. The economic impacts are inevitable. Indonesian tourism is hit hard. Nevertheless, it is one of the main income of Indonesia. Yeah, that's sad. When other countries were starting to minimize mobilization of the people, the Indonesian government encouraged people to travel instead. <laughs> and that was big money talking. You know, we have to spend around 774 million USD to hire influencers for attracting those who are reluctant to travel because of COVID-19. I know. I know very well that Indonesia did not realize that COVID-19 will be this big at that time. And I was one of them. I did not realize how big this virus could be. The government did not know that that big amount of money will be very much needed for COVID-19 handling and helping those who lost their jobs because of the pandemic. The travel encouragement did not just stop there. The next month, the government announced flight discounts up to 50% and that also applied to foreign tourists. And only a few weeks later, you know what happened? Yes, President Jokowi himself announced the first to confirmed cases of COVID-19 in Indonesia. These cases were actually the impact of Indonesia's negligence on the potential dangers of COVID-19. I think, again, in my personal opinion, we, we could have been able to prevent this happening if only the government just gave more attention to the virus breakout. These first patients were contracted COVID-19 from a Japanese who traveled from Malaysia and actually he had been tested positive beforehand. We did not have like a good system at that time to prevent positive people coming to Indonesia. We cannot, we could not detect them at the airport. So we have the first cases. Following the announcement of the first two cases, the news of the postponement of Formula E in Jakarta was out. 
Yes, Indonesia should have hosted the Formula E in Lombok, Mataram in 2020, but we have to cancel it. And on the same day, the first fatality of coronavirus in Indonesia was announced, which was a British national in Bali. Really bore him for contracting the virus in Indonesia. But I'm also not sure if his fate would would have been different if he was in another country with maybe better health system. Well, it's his fate probably. At the end of March, another surprising yet anticipated news was announced by President Jokowi that the large-scale social restrictions, or Indonesians know as PSBB, was officially implemented. The health emergency declaration and implementation of PSBB were not enough to contain the virus. As in April, Indonesia became the country with the world's highest fatality rate of COVID-19. As an additional effort to contain the virus, Indonesian government decided to release 30,000 prisoners due to fear of an outbreak in overcrowded cells. Yep, backlash from the public were inevitable, but the plan was still finally executed by the government. After many debates, Indonesia officially urged the people to wear masks in public finally it needs it needed few months for indonesia to realize how important how critical the virus is to the country the government fortunately did not put blind eyes to to the social conditions where many people lost their jobs because of covid 19 Based on data from the Ministry of Labor, the number of unemployment in Indonesia skyrocketed to 9.7 million due to the pandemic. And to help them, the government released free employment cards so those who are unemployed can get workshops or training to improve their skills and value. Well, the goal here is to help them to get the job as soon as possible because the companies may be interested with their improved skills. But I don't think that will affect much since those companies are also in difficult situations at this time. Anyway, even in the midst of COVID-19, conflict in Papua still took place. Still in April, three people were killed after a clash between Indonesian National Armed Force and Indonesian National Police in Papua. In the end of April, all commercial flights were officially banned to suppress the spread of COVID-19, but the case has already reached 10,000. May! It's still spring in other countries, but entering the dry season in Indonesia. An issue of human rights violation emerged, not from Indonesia, but from South Korea. Local media in South Korea reported a video showing exploitation of Indonesian workers on a Chinese vessel. The video then went viral in Indonesia as a South Korean YouTuber discussed it on his channel. Three Indonesian workers died, 
and their corpses were thrown into the ocean. There is also an allegation that these workers were not paid properly, only allowed to drink salt water from the ocean, and had to stand for 18 hours to work. I could not even stand for five hours straight to work. My legs will get me, will get weak if I have to stand that long. So, it then led an official demand from Indonesia to Beijing for a formal investigation. The case started a talk in the society if it really violates international law or not, even if the law endorses such handling of corpse. What do you think? But this problem was also a door opening to a hurtful reality. I mean, a more hurtful reality. <laughs> Because, in fact, many Indonesian workers suffer on Chinese vessels around the world, and most of them are uncovered. I don't think there's a settlement for this case. I tried to look it up again on any channel, but zero update. Well, maybe the Indonesian government and the Chinese government finally came to a settlement behind closed door. I don't know what it is, we don't know what it is, but I hope it's a settlement that can improve for the better future of these workers on Chinese vessels. Right. Um, Indonesia can always leave the issue of human rights violation behind to focus on the country's economy. For the sake of the national economy, the government resumed every mode of transportation in Indonesia at the end of May. At the same time, Indonesia had to give up its one of the nation's best figures. If you're a fan of badminton, I think you must know this person, Tantowi Ahmed, one of the world's best badminton players in the mixed double class announced his retirement. Yes, one of the best talents of Indonesia. But the sadness of losing Tantowi Ahmed might not be much for those who failed to perform Hajj in 2020. The Ministry of Religious Affairs announced the cancellation of the 2020 Hajj in early June as the case picked 50,000 cases. And moving up to July, Jakarta finally banned single-use plastic. Yes, finally, why does it take so long for Anis to make this decision? Um, yeah, it's a bit left behind than other cities in Indonesia like Bogor and Bali. Well, um... Even though in the difficult times because of COVID-19, there are still people who want to take advantage of the opportunity, but in a wrong way. Mm -hmm. If herbal medicine alone is not able to prevent COVID, how can a necklace do that? But the Minister of Agriculture of Indonesia, of course, had a really 
really mind-blowing idea to mass-produce a necklace from eucalyptus, which he believed to be antivirus. But, <laughs> thank God, the screams of Indonesians were able to stop him. I could not imagine me walking in the malls with an eucalyptus hang around my neck. Would I look like like an koala? But thank God, he, thank God, just thank God, he didn't do that. He didn't really realize that. Um. But Indonesia finally had some good news in July. Lake Toba officially became the UNESCO Global Geoparks. If you don't know what it is or even already planning a trip to go there, don't forget to check out the guide of Lake Toba on my blog. And more than that, Indonesia also received 2,400 vaccines from China for the third phase clinical trial in August. And the confirmed case of COVID has reached up to a um, thousand cases by the time of the vaccine arrival. But hold on, I still have some stories from July. So a tweet went viral. When I heard about it for the first time, I laughed. I didn't really know why, but I just laughed. It was a sexual mummification fetish case. So let me make it clear for you. There, are, uh, there is a university student in Surabaya, East Java. He tricked his juniors to be wrapped like a corpse in Islamic manner with a pretext of helping his final project. Then he took pictures of wrapped students he deceived. One of his students finally dared to report him to the police. But you know, I think we cannot judge him for his. Sexual preference, sis. Well, well, yeah, maybe it's wrong, but it's still, it's still a human rights to choose our preference, right? Um, what we can judge is him deceiving people for any reason, for any matter. Deceiving people is still wrong, and that's what he should be punished for, right? And Julie left another good news. The craft fugitive Joko Chandra, the suspect of the corruption case of Bali Bank, was eventually arrested by Indonesian police in Malaysia. As a suspect, he took a charter flight to go to prison. Don't you think that is cool? Hmm? <laughs> Now August. August is always special for Indonesia with the Independence Day. Well, so sad, no big celebration at the National Palace this time. Just a simple flag racing ceremony broadcasted live on Zoom. But that was not what was important though. The phase three clinical trial of Sinovac vaccine finally started. Woohoo! The trial is conducted by a state-owned enterprise Biopharma in Bandung, West Java. The governor of West Java himself also takes part as one of the volunteers and has already inject has already been injected the vaccine. 
Meanwhile, in Jakarta, the Attorney General's office was burned. Hmm, I smelled conspiracy here. How could that happen just exactly when the police are investigating the case of Joko Chandra that involved a staff from the office? Hmm? Police concluded that the cause of the fire was from cigarettes that spread fast because of floor cleaner that is flammable. Still fishy for me, but whatever. <laughs> One more thing in August that sparked controversy was the lawsuit from a private-owned Indonesian television. I talked a bit about this television on my previous podcast about censorship. Make sure to listen to it if you haven't, okay? Anyway, criticism came from the public after the television broadcaster called a review on the leg- legality of over-the-top or OTT digital content and service providers. Now, again, I'm relieved that these, that the Constitutional Court refused it. What's next? Oh, September. Well, nothing really special, actually. COVID-19 cases reached 200,000 and the government announced that the capital relocation program to Borneo will be recl- will be will be postponed due to the pandemic. Nothing special, let's just move on. October is the end of the dry season in Indonesia. The controversial omnibus law made headlines on local media and international media. Why? Because, once again, the House passed a bill that does not favor workers and tends to make environmental destructions. President Jokowi believes that the law will improve the ease of doing business in Indonesia and invite more investors to create more jobs. It is also one of the government's efforts to restore the economy due to the impacts of COVID-19. Yep. Workers throughout the country are concerned about the elimination of minimum wage, the cutting of severance pay, the longer working hours, and reduced number of relief regulated on this new law. As a result, um, democratic people protests erupted across the country for about a week. I don't think there is any change to the law following the protest, though. While the House could not deal with the angry workers, the Minister of Education and Culture officially replaced the National Examination, or UN, with National Assessment, which will start next year. Woohoo! Hallelujah for the students! <laughs> how lucky they are! But how effective will it be, especially when we started during the pandemic? Well, we'll have the answer in March or April. I guess. Yeah. I think interest, many interesting things happened from October until the end of the year. Prabowo Subianto, for instance. Our Minister of Defense was finally allowed to enter the U.S. after more than two decades because of an allegation of human rights abuse. This attitude of America that allowed him to enter the U.S. territory became a topic of discussion in the society for a few moments. Was it really a forgiveness for old mistakes or 
there was any hidden agenda. What do you think? Many people also talked about the development of a tourism site in Komodo National Park in Labuan Bajo. They criticized the government for the development that is seen disturbing in the habitat of Komodo after a photo went viral on the internet. So the photo shows a Komodo passing side by side with a truck carrying construction materials. The people, well, not all people, also criticized the plan of Rizik Shihab to return to Indonesia after three years in exile in Saudi Arabia. Really, it's not literally in exile. He just left and did not want to go back. There is a fear among these people of what happened during the last gubernatorial election of Jakarta will repeat upon his turn. Yeah, I'm afraid of that too. Even before the return of Rizik Shihab, the domestic situation was already tense because of French President Emmanuel Macron. Do you still remember the speech of Macron when he addressed the assassination of a teacher in Paris? He made Muslims all over the world angry, notably the hardliners. As usual, protests erupted again throughout the country. That's the perk of democratic countries, isn't it? So yeah, Rizik Shihab finally arrived in Jakarta in early November and instantly caused chaos in the capital. From violations of large social distancing restrictions to his plan for a campaign that he calls Revolusi Ahlak or Moral Revolution. His arrival also coincided, coincided with the signing of the omnibus law by President Jokowi. What a coincidence, right? Gearing up for 2021, the Minister of Education and Culture, Nadim Makarim, decided to open schools in January 2021, although the virus propagation hasn't shown any sign of decreasing. I think even though it's open, I don't think their parents will allow their children to go to school. So I don't think that it will be effective. I can bet if the school really opens in January, I think it will close again in two or three months later. I I think that will happen. So November was closed with two sensational news. First, the Corruption Eradication Commission or KPK arrested the Ministry of Fisheries and Maritime Affairs. Nothing surprising about this. Alice for me. His first program when he took that position was to allow lobster exports, a policy that was banned by the previous ministry due to concerns over the number of lobsters being exploited. The problem of corruption has just begun to be investigated. A terrorism attack took place. The Sigi attack in central Sulawesi, which was done by East Indonesia Mujahideen, or MIT. I wrote about the attack on my blog, so maybe you want to read it for a detailed story? Go check it out. 
And finally, we're in December of 2020. Me only counting hours to open a new chapter. COVID-19 is still raging, but it did not stop the minister the minister of social affairs from committing acts of corruption against social assistance programs. I mean, how could he How could he do that? We're all difficult right now. We're all sad. We hardly live a proper life right now. But I think he could be a bit relieved as the public got sidetracked from his case to the clash between police and FBI, which killed six FBI members. FBI for your information is an abbreviation of front front islamic front defenders yeah islamic front defenders or islamic defenders front which was which is led by rizik shihab police shot them dead on a toll road to west java when following the convoy of rizik shihab to an unknown place in the middle of the night at that time Police had made Rizik Shihab um, a suspect in the case of large social distancing violations. Now, he finally occupies a cell of police safe and sound in Jakarta. And the most awaited is the government finally announced the dissolution of FBI just yesterday. So there will be no more FBI. But just a name. Just a name. Because it's not the end of everything. Heartliners won't comply easily, will they? The saga is just entering a new season and we'll see what will come in the future for these heartliners in Indonesia. The Sinovac vaccine. Seen from China has arrived too. Yep, Indonesia can rush to use the vaccine with no distribution license from the National Agency of Drug and Food Control. At least, President Jokowi has announced that the public would not be charged for vaccines and luckily he would be the first person to be vaccinated. The president as well has resolved has reshuffled his cabinet following the two corruption cases of his ministers and the poor performance of other ministers in handling COVID-19. So, it's really the last day. This new year is quite difficult, quite different, but also similar like the previous one. No sound of trumpets, artists, or music concert, but it rains as usual. Difficult tasks lie ahead in 2021 for Indonesia and for all of us. Vaccine distribution, economic recovery, restoring the economy is fine and is needed, necessary, but the government should not sacrifice public health either. Look what we have now after the people are encouraged to go on holiday and advertisement to go to Bali are everywhere. 
the case keeps increasing with significant numbers and hospitals run out of ventilators of, or, and rooms. The future of a nation's generation who have not had proper education for almost a year also should be a priority. School can't completely protect the children. Who knows what they do before or after school? We better improve the digital system of our learning management. Radicalism is also haunting Indonesia whether we'd like to accept it or not. Like Sukarno said, the big threat of a country comes from within. The solution, the dissolution organization like the FBI is not the end let alone the radical values which are already instilled in their members. Sulawesi or any other region in Indonesia may not be completely free from radical organizations which use the name of religion. The government should do all it takes to avoid them taking advantage of the current adverse, adverse sentiment to bigger recruits and influence the public. Last but not least, no matter what our situation is, I hope, I really hope, Indonesia, both the governments and the people won't forget Papuans. Let's have a year without any clash in West Papua. Talk and we can have a mutual understanding. It takes two to tango. Both Indonesian government and Papuans should come to a term together. Thank you for getting to know Indonesia. If you like our content, share the podcast or tell your friend about it. Check out our site at www.theindonesiasaga.com. Do you want more of Indonesia? Stay tuned with us for more exciting topics about Indonesia. Until the next episode, wherever you are, may you have an extraordinary year ahead. All sorrows turn into joys. All tears turn into smiles. Happy New Year, or Selamat Tahun Baru, as Indonesians say it. Terima kasih, sampai jumpa.